Shalom, friends. It's great to be here with Jonathan Greenblatt, who is the CEO of AGL, the Anti-Defamation League, the world's leading anti-hate organization with a distinguished record of fighting anti-Semitism and, and advocating for just and fair treatment to all. Jonathan joined ADL in 2015 after serving in the White House as Special Assistant to President Obama and Director at the Office of Social Innovation and Civic Participation. He joined the government after a distinguished career in business as a successful social entrepreneur and corporate executive. He co-founded Ethos Brands, the company that launched Ethos Water, acquired by Starbucks in 2005, founded All for Good, acquired by Points of Light in 2011, and served as a senior executive at Realtor.com, acquired by News Corp in 2014. I've known Jonathan for over a decade and, was, and deeply admire both his intellect, his, um, his passion, and his menschlichkeit. I'm excited to talk about this important book. It could happen here. It could happen here. Um, and as CEO of ADL, Jonathan Greenblatt has made it his personal mission to demonstrate how anti-Semitism, racism, and other insidious forms of intolerance can destroy a society. It could happen here. Why America's tipping from hate to the unthinkable and how we can stop it offers a bracing primer on how we, as individuals and as organizations and as a society, can strike back against anti-Semitism and hate. Just because it could happen here, he shows, does not mean the unthinkable is inevitable. It could happen here presents an urgent look at the rise of hate and related violence in far off places such as Europe and the Middle East and shows why such turbulence could unfold here in America if we are not proactive. Greenblatt sounds an alarm about how anti-Semitism is intensifying and how violence on an even larger, more catastrophic scale could be around the corner if we don't act. A rising tide of anti-Semitism, racism, and other forms of hate threatens to erode the foundation of our society. All too often, it feels like we are on a self-destructive sectarian path, but Jonathan Greenblatt's goal in writing this book, however, was not only to highlight how unspoken prejudices can mutate into real-world brutality, but to provide the tools to change course. He shares the stories in this book to ensure that we can change our path now rather than repeat the unthinkable tragedies of the past. Jonathan, thanks for taking time to talk today. Thank you, Shmuley. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. So to some of us, it's obvious after Pittsburgh, after San Diego, after uh, Colleyville, Texas, after things around the world, which you have your finger on the pulse of very closely, and to others, it's not so obvious. Um, but why did you write this now? Well... Look, ADL is the oldest anti-hate organization in America, but I've only, and I've only been at this job for six years, but I wrote this book because everyone around me in this organization, people who've been here far longer than me, look at what's happening today in our country and see all of the alarm bells going off. And I wrote this book because to be honest with you, as a Jewish person, I think it's incumbent upon us to make sure that our antenna is always, you know, sharp and uh, in sync because it's our story. I mean, look, I am the grandson of a Holocaust survivor from Germany and my grandfather and his family, Jews who'd been there as long as they knew, never could have imagined until the rise of the Third Reich that the only country they had ever known would one day target them as enemies of the state, destroy everything that they loved, 
and slaughter almost their entire family and all of their friends and force them to flee. And they came to this country as political refugees. And I'm the husband of a woman from Iran. And my wife and her Jewish family, Iran, the only country they had ever known, never could have imagined until the advent of the Islamic Revolution in Khomeini's regime that they would be regarded as enemies of the state, that the Islamic Republic would destroy everything that they ever loved and force them to flee for their lives and come to this country as political refugees in the late 1980s. And so just as my grandfather never could have imagined that his grandchildren, me and my sibling and cousins, would be born in this country, and just as my father-in-law could have never imagined when he was a young man that his grandchildren, my kids and my nieces and nephews, would be born in this country, I don't think, Shmuley, that you or I or any of us can take for granted that our grandchildren will be born in this country unless we fight for what we have. And that doesn't mean, you know, rampaging through the Capitol building. That doesn't mean taking up arms, you know, or refusing to obey laws or making wild kind of uh, wild, unfounded comparisons of, you know, COVID precautions to the Nuremberg laws. It means rolling up our sleeves and engaging actively in this democracy and fighting for the things that have made this country great for almost 250 years. That's what we have to do if we want to stop uh, the unthinkable from happening here. So well said, so powerful. And we cannot be in the camp either of extreme alarmists who say it's all over, we should flee Paris and New York and Buenos Aires, it's all over. Nor can we be in the passive camp that says it's this is a different model, we're all good. We have to be proactive. So obviously we have to read the book for the details. But yeah. what are some of the key high-level principles in place that you're advocating for, for how we change course from this uh, terrifying situation? Well, I think, look, we need to recognize that hate is like like a kind of virus that corrodes at the foundation of society. Like demonizing and dehumanizing people based on you know, how they pray or where they're from or who they love. Like that literally is like a kind of acid that wears away at the bonds that keep our society you know, whole. And maybe not overnight, but slowly but surely, it really has this very damaging effect and so I worry about where we are, but recognize that there is no silver bullet. Literally, there is no silver bullet that will stop this, right? There's no magic wand we can wave. This requires a, number one, I would say, a whole of society strategy. And we're going to have to be in it for the long haul. So I think that's first. I think second, um, every sector, I think. Every segment of society has a role to play. You know, yes, the government has a role to play. And there's a set of policy prescriptions that I lay out in the book. Yes, business has a role to play. And there's a set of examples I provide about companies who've actually demonstrated not just, you know, financial leadership, but moral leadership. And yes, there's a role for civil society to play, whether it's NGOs like ADL or houses of worship like your shul or you know, academia, et cetera. Um, but I think as we imagine what that looks like, I would say it's critically important for us to recognize 
that we are all going to be have to in this, in this, because Shmuley, like, to be frank, you know, we worry a lot about AD, at ADL about anti-Semitism. That's what we were founded to fight. But what I know is that anti-Semitism isn't just my problem. It isn't just a Jewish problem. It's an American problem, right? Just like racism isn't just an issue for black people. It's everybody's issue. And so I think we need to understand that the fight against hate requires like an all-hands-on-deck mentality, and you got to be in it to win it if we're going to turn this around. Amazing. So you, we know what the United Nations has to do in countries around the world, what the government and what, yeah. the, what the corporate sector has to do, what our communities have to do. And then we go to the ordinary person, the ordinary person who's either just terrified or feels ill-equipped, powerless. What can ordinary people do? So that's a great question. So really, the book is literally like it's like it's like an ADL handbook in your hands. Like it distills all these things that we've learned over the decades about how do you deal with this as an individual. So I'll give you some of the tips and the tactics from the book. So first, I think we all have to call out hate when it happens. Literally, the best way to stop stereotypes is to really interrupt intolerance when, you know, it manifests, whether that's, you know, like at the water cooler, in the Zoom room, uh, in, in, on the playing field, even at the dinner table. We have to recognize that biased attitudes can lead to stereotype remarks, which can lead to actual acts of discrimination. So the, uh, the pyramid of hate, this model that we use, impels us to say we interrupt intolerance when it happens. And Shmuley, in particular, we need to do it when it comes from, when it takes hold on our own team. So I think we're in this moment, this polarized moment where everyone likes to point fingers, right? It's them, it's them. I think if you are a conservative, you need to call out hate when you see it happen amongst conservatives. If you are a liberal, you need to call it out when it happens among liberals. If you are a Jew, you need to call it out when it happens within the Jewish community. We need to have the courage of our convictions that we can, again, literally address this issue amongst our own. I think that's number one. I think number two, I really believe, Shmuley, that we need to just all together cancel, cancel culture. Me, I mean, you know this better than I, like our Jewish faith teaches us of the, the, the notion of, of tshuva, right? Of redemption. And so I think we need to acknowledge that we're all fa fallible. We all er make mistakes. But like at ADL, I think our purpose is predicated on this idea that people can recognize when they do wrong, they can acknowledge the error, and they can try to do better. And I think we should ask that, always ask that of people. Like I don't believe in removing statues. I don't believe in, you know, just, you know, ejecting people from the public square. I think you give everyone a chance. You give everyone an opportunity. Um, and then, because all of us make mistakes. And then I think number three, in addition to like calling out hate when it happens, sort of canceling cancel culture, I think all of us have to, like democracy is not a spectator sport that you can watch, you know, from the, from the cheap seats in the bleachers, like eating popcorn and assuming it all work out. There's no natural law that ordains that our democracy will persist forever. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no force on its own that will ensure that our shared society, you know, holds together. Like it's incumbent upon all of us to like roll up our sleeves, which means volunteering, which means voting, which means um, engage, you know, showing up at that school board meeting, 
not to scream about like again masking mandates but to earnestly participate in the privilege of our democracy so i don't think we can just hope that you know those guys in washington will figure it out all of us all of us have to do our part to you know i think to you know to repair the world thank you we're so honored to have you in the leadership role you are serving the community and and beyond friends please pick up this book it could happen here why america is tipping from hate to the unthinkable pick it up start a discussion group equip yourself so you can roll up your sleeves and enter as well thank you so much Shmuley, thank you for having me